This is Ed McMahon. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. From a Studio C. Is it Monday already? Studio C. Oh, super. C, senor. Dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty communications compound. Today, kick off a new week. We're under the tutelage of our general manager. Trump at CPAC. Bring the hate. Bring the noise. Also, Michael Jackson, serial child molester. You've come around. That HB. Come around. That HBO uh, documentary debuted last night. Yeah. I'm afraid uh, I watched it. Oh, you did? Good. Most of it, yeah. Good. Yeah, and I'll, I'll hear explain about why it was only most of it as well. Okay, cool. I want to hear that. Yeah, uh, Trump spoke for over two hours on Saturday. Historians have decided that's the longest presidential speech in U.S. history. Really? Yeah, that's the longest any president's ever spoken. And one at one time. Speech slash nightclub act. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could really only, he did that, it, it was just ad-libbed, but you could only do that ad-libbed. I mean, I mean, you could get speech writers to write you a two and a half hour speech, but. <laughs> Keep writing. I need another topic. Add another topic. How about forestry? Give me 15 minutes on forestry. As I heard uh, one commenter say, he covered every topic in American life except the Bryce Harper trade. <laughs> Which you can do in two plus hours. Yes, indeed. That is something. Yeah, we got that some clips. Something. We got some clips from that. If you, if you haven't heard it, and his approval rating is out today from the Wall Street Journal NBC poll at forty eight percent. Oh my God! I hear people's heads exploding all across the country, uh, which I find amazingly humorous. Forty eight percent. Which I believe is the highest of his presidency in the NBC poll. So there wow. you go. Wow. Um, let's introduce everybody in the squad before we get to all the news of the day. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. Hi this morning, Michael. I'm doing okay. I, uh, my parents went to Hawaii for seven days, and I agreed to watch their golden retriever. And so far, we're 0 for 2 as far as the house, bro- you know, the dog being housebroken, apparently. So well, this how may be a long is, week. How old is this golden retriever? Oh, it's an older dog. I mean, maybe 12 or something. So, so I'm right, thinking right, that so maybe it doesn't the- make it. To all the yeah, maybe I need to uh, go over there and check on it more often so it makes it outside. Oh, how yes. often are you going? Oh, at least twice mm-hmm. a day. Every other day. Oh, gee, many. <laughs> That's not funny. Poor dog. So we'll see what happens. But I, I've got yeah. the rug doctor out, and we'll, we'll, this oh, gonna be a long not, week. That's not good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not. It's not a good day. It's not. The and way you want to start your morning, you, you know? can't solve it. You know, really, it's yeah. Well, that's rough. Yeah, Ooh, I think boy. twice a day is not often enough. I guess not, but mm. anyway, it's just not a pleasant way to start your morning. You know, you're happy. You're, you're cleaning you're... up dog poo. I've done. I've started my day many times that way. Many, many times. Um, there is positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Uh, doing very well. The uh, as Joe mentioned, the Leaving Neverland uh, Part One of the two part. Uh, documentary uh, on HBO debuted last night, but it has ramifications beyond just the cultural realm. It has affected uh, a bit, uh, well, not this movie in particular, but the scandal has affected the former uh, singer's Neverland Ranch located in Sycamore Valley. It's it's retail price. It's plummeted from about $100 million, is what it was listed in in 2015. It is currently for sale at a bargain of $31 million. From $100 million to a $30 million. Yeah. 
Fire sale. And in, what, four years? Three in, three years and change? Yeah, and uh, I'll tell you what, if I if I owned that thing, I'd be wanting to unload it soon, because as that documentary makes the rounds, the, the Sundance film and the, this HBO stuff and everything else, it, it's going to become a, th- a, a situation where why would you ever own that, and who would ever come to your home then? You know, I, I would be tempted to swoop it and buy it, because I think a lot of... <laughs> A lot of freaking out over crimes that real estate is irrational, and and it goes away over time, and you end up with a great property. But in this case, I think this no, this is going to be known as the child rape factory, yeah. for the rest of time. Well, you got gates out front, you know. Wow, fantastic! You got to just uh, just almost just if you do buy it, you burn it to the ground. You just have the lot, and you build up yeah. something fresh there. Here's what I'd like to know because I know the California State Fair and other fairs probably. Still use the Neverland Ranch rides at the fair every year. Will that finally go away? Because I thought that was just horrific for a very long time. He put because he could afford it and not just be a creepy, creepy guy in a white van saying, "Hey, kid, do you want a candy bar?" So he could molest them. Right. He got uh, amusement park rides, and mm-hmm. those rides they and have animals <laughs> and games and the whole experience. And now those yeah. rides they have at the fair. I think the time has probably come to finally not use those. Right. Good lord. Um, there's Marshall Phillips who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I'm fired up. Battle with the federal government really took a new twist over the weekend. <laughs> this is the census. Oh, yes. boy. Oh, boy. I'm glad to see you're here and not in leg irons. may not be for long, my friends. The American Community Survey run uh, by the U.S. Census. They sent it out to me some weeks ago. I've been battling trying to get an uh, interview so we can share it with you on mm-hmm. the Armstrong and Getty Show. They respond only in writing, will not give me anyone to talk to directly. Well, Saturday... I look outside my door, and in my screen, there's a little card from the census department. They census had, goons. They had sent people to, to my door. It's practically a horse head in your bed. Yes. <laughs> I, they sent people to rough you up. <laughs> I was napping. Back off. <laughs> I was napping at the time they were there, but I did call the uh, lady uh, back and the number she left. You nap so soundly that if somebody comes and knocks on your door, you uh, you do not wake up. Oh, uh, no, no, no. Mm. I, I was napping. Napping. Gotcha. Uh, anyway, I called her back. We went back and forth. She was very nice, but I was venting my frustration over the very invasive 10-page questionnaire that I'm required by law to fill out. I explained I was trying to get an interview. She gave me the name of a superior to call, which I will do today. But then on Sunday, I got really discouraged because of the Questions about how much money I make, where the money comes from, how much I have in savings, etc., etc. I called back, got her voicemail, and I said, I'm just really frustrated. This is so invasive. How would you like it if I had you come out? We did the interview in person. I took your picture, and I put it up my blog. <laughs> I said, oh, that's not a threat. I'm sorry. Maybe I overstepped my bounds. I so, don't think <laughs> blogging is a threat, per se. So, I am I'll, fascinated I will, by I will this. totally <laughs> blog about you. So, anyway, uh, I filled, I finished off the questionnaire. I'm just going to send it off. This today. is quite the standoff they've they had with the federal government. Hey, they, they got you beaten down. They what? leave one business card on your door and you fold like a sheet. <laughs> Shuffle off to the the, the, the prison, uh, the census I, prison. I have the name <laughs> with your head bowed. I have the name and phone number of another supervisor, and I did warn. We discussed this on the air, which that we was, have done. That was the census goon saying, "We know where you live." Right? Oh, yeah. Huh? That's what they were right. saying. And it's a shame if something happened to it. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and, yeah, and, and how did they get through the guard gate? I mean, it, I don't it, know. It, you know, it's it's got a number on it. You only only certain people know the code. Guys, this is just like Waco, Texas. It's very similar to <laughs> yes. Waco. Oh, very similar to Waco. Boy. It'd anyway. be a shame if the U.S. population was three hundred and twenty-eight million minus one. <laughs> Take him a nap. Yeah. The census goons. Don't f with the census, uh, man. Everybody knows that. I was oh, worked man. up. I've been fired up for days. Census are hard people. Yeah. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. On this Monday, March fourth, the year 2019, we are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. They used to say, "Stand up and be counted." Let's stand up and not be counted. Precisely according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. Today, I'm proud to announce that I will be very soon signing. An executive order requiring colleges and universities to support free speech if they want federal research dollars. Trump spoke for over two hours longest speech in presidential history. Most of it ad-libbed. A lot of hilarious stuff in there we gotta hit you with. The crowd freaking going crazy. Mockery. That was the tone, Jack. It had troubled me. <laughs> he is a rock star for that crowd, no doubt about it. Uh, what are other headlines, Marshall Phillips? Well, as you've been saying, President Trump hitting his stride at that major gathering of conservatives over the weekend. We've got new polls. Strong for the press, but not so good for socialists. And so far... So very, very good for SpaceX's latest mission. Coming up. You know what happens to a president uh, a year before election who is at 48%? They get reelected. That's what happens to them. Yeah, uh-huh. 48%. Wow. Uh, how does Millbag look? Oh, it's very good. We have some weekly shower thoughts to start your week on a contemplative note. Uh, some other great uh, thoughts and reactions, too, if we have time to get to them. Uh, nobody's uh, more sick of the whole uh, Trump Mueller investigation thing than I am. But man, there's it would seem that the tact has changed for the Democrats uh, watching the Sunday shows yesterday. So we're a long way from the end of this thing, man. A long, long way. We're gonna bring you up to speed on so much stuff. I hope you can stay with us. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Remember, as you're enjoying this fabulous podcast of the radio show, you can also get the Armstrong and Getty One More Thing podcast and Armstrong and Getty Extra Large, our long-form interviews, available via the iTunes podcast app and the iHeart app. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm sorry, it's 46%. I said 48%, the new NBC poll for Trump. I was within the margin Trumpian of error. media bias. Uh, but did you, so Trump gives the longest speech in presidential history, any president. That's amazing. On uh, Saturday, two hours, I've heard it called two hours, two minutes, two hours, 20 minutes, two hours, 15 minutes. You'd think somebody could time this thing. But it was over two hours. And uh, But did you see when he came out on stage, they were playing, of course, Lee Greenwood God Bless the USA, which has mm-hmm. got to be retired as a song. Oh, boy. It's just got to go away. Boy, er. It's just too much. Anyway, he Right comes... setting, it still stirs my patriotic heart. Really? But, uh, nah, it's, it's a too tad, much for me. tad uh, tired. But uh, he comes out to that song, and he walks over to the American flag, and he gives it a big hug yes. and kind of waddles back and forth like he's dancing. Yes. Saturday Night Live called it a patriotic Me Too moment, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was funny. It is pretty funny. <laughs> What a funny thing to do. Oh, boy. Not reverent. Oh, boy. Mailbag. 
Before we even get to the freedom-loving quote of the day, boy, quite a number of people who've uh, grabbed the Armstrong and Getty podcast, I guess it's the One More Thing podcast, pointing out that there's a commercial before it for a Dr. Oz podcast, which they find ironic. Because be- we hate him. And, and have said terrible things about him and will continue to for years. Because he's a charlatan. And we got this note from Jose saying, um, uh, I listened to the ad. All I could hear was quacking ducks. Ha ha. Oh, because we've referred to him as a quack many, many times. Many, many times. Well, if you hear his name, Jose, and all you can hear is quacking ducks in your head, we've done our work. Anyway, 0-2. He signs off. Actually, the fact that he's a quack, I mean, that's you know that sort of stuff happens on TV all the time. It's just being a TV doctor. Sure. The fact that he was so rude to us in our program when he was in studio is what I uh, dislike him. About. Right. It's sure. personal animus. And and you're nursing that animus. You're feeding it on a... You're taking better care of your animus than Michael is his parents' dog frequently. Keep it alive. Keep animus alive. Here's your freedom, love, and quote of the day from Harry Brown, American writer, investment advisor, Libertarian Party presidential nominee, uh, back when Libertarians uh, nominated sane people in the 90s and early 2000s. The Bill of Rights isn't some legalistic fine print. It was written to make our lives freer, more prosperous, and happier. By forsaking it, America has become no better than any other country in the world. If you agree, click here. All right. The way the Bill of Rights should be. Uh, let's see. Ah, your weekly shower thoughts is compiled by Rich in Salt Lake City. When you're a kid, you don't realize you're also watching your mom and dad grow up. Well, that is true. Well, you don't know that as a kid. That is true. Uh, moving along. That's too heavy. The phrase, calm down, has a 100% failure rate. <laughs> God, no kidding. No kidding. Never, ever works. Yeah. Well. Why do we all try it? Not exactly. Uh, Monopoly would be, this one's good, this would jot this one down as I say it. Monopoly would be more realistic if the person with the most money got to change the rules whenever they liked. Oh, oh, there ought to be a Congress square in Monopoly, where for a chunk of cash, Congress changes the rules in your favor. That would, that would teach kids something. When you say calm down to a spice... A spouse, a spice, a spice, a spicy spouse. And that's enough, oregano. <laughs> Settle you, down. When you say calm down to a spouse or a significant other or a child, all you're saying to someone is what you're upset about is not worth being this upset about. Correct. That, that's what the person hears. That's why it's important to say that to them, <laughs> to give them a little perspective. And what they're saying to you by being upset is this is a really big deal. Mm. So you're, you're, they're saying it's a big deal and you're saying, no, it's not. Yes, and I am right. <laughs> there there lies the, the, the friction. The rich used to pay peasants to entertain them, and now the peasants pay the rich to entertain them. Mm. 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 Uh, let's see. Seeing, this one's a little, uh, you got to be a little bit of, uh, well, the, the, the morons can feel free to whistle a happy tune. This is for people with brains. Seeing is basically echolocation, except with light. But instead of us making a noise, there is a giant screaming monster in the sky. <laughs> the sun, don't you know? Mm. How about that? It's echolocation with light. Think about What's it. What's echolocation? That's uh, like a back. Or, eh, 
and then figures out objects and the rest of it by the echoing back to them. Mm. That's the uh, the bat's alleged radar. Yeah, clearly not smart enough. It's like, like radar. Sonar. Sonar. Yeah. Exactly. Go yeah. back to the Monopoly game one. That was my wheelhouse. <laughs> when I was on my uh, little brother's submarine, he doesn't own a submarine. He just captained Your it. Your brother has his own submarine? No, no because he borrowed it from That's the government. Awesome. And they let him uh, drive it around as long as he promised not to hit anything. And he didn't. <laughs> He's brilliant at it. But anyway, um, the different sorts of sonar that they have on United States submarines are astounding. I think it was four different systems at the time, and the imaging they can do is... I would just, look, if you're a foreign government, don't go up against the U.S. Navy. It's a terrible mistake. Yes, Sean? Is your brother able to watch movies like Crimson Tide and uh, Hunt for Red October submarine movies without just losing over his and ass? over again. Okay, he loves it? Those are... Well, yeah, but they're half a comedy. Okay, okay. To actual <laughs> submariners. <laughs> Uh, did Jack ever pay off his MAGA hat tease about wearing his no, MAGA hat around? I have not. I uh, should talk about that. Thanks for the reminder, Tim. You know, uh, Pilot Bob has a great thought on Oscar Warm Beer, Kim Jong Fat Face, and Trump. We ought to talk about that a little bit more, and we will if we uh, have time. Also, an update on the rotten Marxist pro-cop-killing professor that we've been railing against. Oh, All yeah. sorts of good stuff. Oh, yeah. And highlights from CPAC. Come on! Ah, what? Marshall's News next. We'll also have some highlights from Saturday Night Live, some funny stuff. You are listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm so tired. It's the 25th anniversary of the death of John Candy. And I just came across a little uh, couple-minute tribute John Candy with a little collage of his greatest hits that we should put on our website, armstrongandgetty.com, because it is pretty darn funny. One of the greatest Canadians to ever walk the earth, John Candy. What a funny, hilarious, funny guy. Orange whip. Um, Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, President Trump on stage at CPAC for more than two hours, a speech of fine Saturday afternoon. Trump. Two hours! That is incredible. I, I, Whoever talks for two hours. What do you need? Ain't nobody got time for that. Individual that, given everything he has to think about and worry about, and just having come back from a time zone that's on the other side of the earth, 12 hours, exactly my understanding of yeah. it. <clears throat> so it is the most brain-scrambling trip you can imagine. If he got up there and gave him 45 solid minutes, people would wet themselves. They'd be thrilled. But for sheer enjoyment of it, he just went on. He is one of the great extemporaneous speakers that have ever ever existed yeah. in front of a giant crowd. It's amazing. Trump thrilling his supporters by announcing he was going off script before turning his attention to the proposal pushed by Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and other leading Democrats. Now I look at what's happening on the other side. I encourage it. I say, no, no, I, I think the... New Green Deal, or whatever the hell they call it. The Green New Deal, right? Green New Deal. I encourage it. I think, the, I think it's really something that they should promote. They should work hard on. It's something our country needs. Desperately, they have to go out and get it. But I'll take the other side of that argument only because I'm mandated to. I meant it, but they should stay with that argument. Never change. Never change. No planes. No energy. 
When the wind stops blowing, that's the end of your electric. Let's hurry up. <laughs> darling? Darling, is the wind blowing today? I'd like to watch television, darling. <laughs> See, from a comedic standpoint, saying television is so much funnier than saying TV for some reason. <laughs> Darling, is one boy I'd like to watch television. <laughs> you know, it's oh my God. It's pretty clear why it was two plus hours. I mean, he really needs to tighten up the bit. As stand-up is just so relaxed. Green New Deal, New Green Deal. Well, that's the event. If the you've ever, deal's if, green. If you ever watch the, there's a lot of long droney speeches. So yeah. that would have that would have seemed like you're at the fair compared to <laughs> the other long droney speeches. Yeah, two hours and the crowd was going crazy at the end of the thing. So that's probably why is it 46 percent approval rating. Indeed, NBC News Wall Street Journal poll. Yes, you've got it pegged 46 percent for the president, up from 43 percent in January. That same poll found 41% of American voters say they'd vote for President Trump in 2020. And among other potential candidates, they are least favorable towards those who are a socialist or older than 75. Just 25% chose a socialist as a desirable trait. And only 37% said the same about anybody over age 75 running for office. It's uh, it's pretty interesting since at least one of the top tier candidates is over 75 and a socialist. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there you go. U.S. And we got a long way to go, people. Mm-hmm. U.S. and South Korea announcing that they are ending their large military exercises that take place each spring and replacing them with smaller drills in an effort to support diplomacy aimed at ending the North Korean nuclear crisis. So the big war games are off. We'll have smaller war games, I guess, throughout the year. In other news, it is official. The SpaceX Crew Dragon has docked with the International Space Station. Granted, the crew only consisted of a dummy named Ripley, but the three astronauts on board the space station also carried out their welcoming ceremony. On behalf of Ripley, Little Earth, myself, and our crew, welcome to the Crew Dragon. Congratulations to all of the teams who made yesterday's launch and today's docking a success. These amazing feats show us not how easy our mission is, but how capable we are of doing hard things. So I'm uh, confused. I heard this was the most amazing thing that's happened space-wise in 40 years. Why well, is that? one of the most important. The U.S. went back into the business of blasting our own astronauts off into space. That's a, that's a big thing. And, and the first stage of the rocket managed to come back to Earth and land on a ship uh, that was off the coast there. Came down perfectly. Which is going to make it you know, a fraction as expensive to do it. Is there any way I can get that for a nickname, Crew Dragon? What's up, Crew Dragon? It's a cool nickname. You can ask. <laughs> the fact that we're no longer dependent on the Ruskies right. to get our guys into orbit is really important. They, they understand we depend on them. So the price of, uh, I read this over the weekend, the price of blasting an astronaut into space has gone from like 18 million each to 48 million or something like that. They're just gouging us. And it took us. And then we can go to Mars. And it took a dope smoking African American uh, Silicon Valley guy to do it. Right. Right. Elon Musk. Old Elon Musk, who's trotting out the affordable uh, Tesla 3 on the same week as the critical SpaceX launch is taking place. You think you have stress. His celebratory meal afterwards yeah. was apparently uh, eating. What was it? Toast and jam while listening to Bob Marley's jamming. Yeah, it's because he's a dope fiend. It's amazing he gets so much done. <laughs> well, you had the munchies. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. <laughs>
I'm glad that's happening. I would have I would have bet you couldn't do that in the modern world just because there'd be so many different reasons why the government wouldn't allow a private industry to do that. I'm glad that it's happening. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I I think, you know, it's a uh it's a practical decision which, you know, obviously illustrates the fact that government isn't entirely principled. Since people exploding gigantic rockets in their backyard is generally frowned upon, but since we don't feel like funding NASA anymore, and we kind of want guys in space, well, yeah, we'll just uh, here's a giant rocket permit we've just written <laughs> and signed. Here you are, and it had a dummy in it for safety reasons in case it didn't work. Yeah, they're they're trying out the technology. You know, this. Uh, listen, I'm. I shouldn't even say this out loud. I had this weird feeling that, you know, it worked great with the dummy. And I thought, well, that just proved it worked that time, right? I would, let's run it up a couple more times. If he has a disaster, I mean, because the U.S. government had disasters and killed astronauts, but, you know, they're the U.S. government. If a private company does that, are they going to be in all kinds of legal problems that the government wouldn't be in? No, I doubt it very seriously. I mean, they've got to have some hold harmless agreements with NASA and the federal government. Otherwise, they wouldn't, they couldn't do it. Yeah, I hope. I mean, uh, you're, you're putting human beings on top of an enormous bomb and all the energy of that bomb comes out one end which is make what makes it a rocket um and and so it's an incredibly dangerous thing to do i hope nothing bad ever happens but it probably will at some point well yeah it's the nature of the thing um more trumpet c-packs from saturday night live can you tell us about the uh, michael jackson documentary because i've read about it but i haven't seen it yeah it's getting a lot of attention yeah i'd be glad to okay i wasn't glad to watch it yeah i'll bet that's one of the reasons I didn't see it. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Of the nation. There's a third floor attic. It was kind of secluded. Like you could only really get to it from from these steep stairs. So you can you could tell if somebody was coming. So we would go in there and have sex. There's toys everywhere, things to do. So they just kind of mix together. Wow, we probably should have had a warning before we played that. Oh uh, yeah. It's a little heavy for the morning. From the Jacko documentary that's airing on HBO. So is this the same one that was at Sundance a couple of weeks ago? Yes. It's Leaving the same thing. Neverland. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And so instead of it going into theaters, it, it showed up on HBO. Yeah. And I've just read a number of reviews about it. Yeah, having just jumped back on the HBO bandwagon, because uh, the wife and I are into the old Game of the Thrones there, um, yeah, I thought, oh, okay, super, I'll, I'll watch that. Right. Uh, why don't you, you want to interview me about it? You you ask good well, questions. Well, I'll say this. Um, I mean, I could uh, unleash a screed on you, but you seem to be troubled by it. It was sickening. And so, uh, so I read a long review of it a month or so ago, and got into a lot of the details. And then I was launching into what a horrible human being Jacka was. And you mm-hmm. said, but he had a rough childhood and all that sort of stuff. And, True. And I used to say that stuff too. Mm-hmm. But I have now turned the corner where I don't care, mm-hmm. having read the stuff from that documentary. Yeah. And. uh wondered where you are on that now he was he was clearly 
mentally abnormal, significantly mentally uh, ill. Uh, is neurosis, he a not psychosis. Oh, it, unquestionably. Unquestionably, he's a yeah, child rapist. You know, the question, question number one, probably, um, is did you find, uh, I'm telling you how to interview me. Uh, did, <laughs> did you find the, the people. The question you should ask. The is. question you should have asked, if you had any skills whatsoever, is uh, oh, did you find the people involved in the documentary credible, the people on camera? And, and the answer is beyond question. Right. Beyond question, I got a really good crap detector, and it just yeah, just in the interviews yeah. I read, it was just okay. And and for some reason, it, it like a lot of this Me Too stuff. I don't know why. I don't know why it was happening to me. I don't know why it was happening to culture. But all of a sudden, something happened, and the wool was pulled off of our eyes. Oh, that's what Bill Cosby is. Oh, that's what Harvey Weinstein is. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what Michael Jackson is. Right. And now it's no longer. Either something you dismiss, or it's like something that's on TV but not real, or 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 you believe the the denials. I don't know, but all of a sudden, Michael Jackson's a completely different human being to me right. than he was before. Yeah, he he is was the most astounding case of arrested development I've ever seen in my life. He the footage, the still photography, the the testimony of all the people. He was. A nine-year-old, nine to twelve-year-old boy in an adult body. He had completely uh, had his uh, emotional and well, I guess that's the best way to put it. His emotional development arrested as a kid. He was uh, absolutely beyond question sickened by his childhood and his life. Having said that, he systematically befriended and groomed little boys and slowly but surely got into sexual relationships with them. Uh, the only uh, Knowing exactly what he was doing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sure he did. I mean, I'm going to get them drunk. I'm going to get their parents out of here. Well, the last, I'm going to have sex with them. They're too young to, to, to know any better. The last thing he was was stupid. I mean, he was absolutely not a stupid man. And he... Uh, yeah, I mean, it was absolutely premeditated, systematic, uh, carefully organized um, to ensure that it could continue. Um, he he was, it would seem, and here's the part that's that's interesting. He, he wasn't a hit and run predator type. And you could certainly say, well, I'll, I'll just finish the sentence first. He seemed to actually be in love with these kids and needed them bitterly. He was horrifically lonely in his life. That'd be even scarier if you're the parent of one of these kids. Yes, yes. And he cultivated that love affair with the kids. It wasn't just starstruck Michael asked me to come into a room, and the next thing I knew, my pants were off. Like a Charlie Rose situation. Right, yeah, good example. Yeah, it was not Charlie Rose. It was a an arrested development grown man who fell in love with little boys and made sure they fell in love with him and used you know all his skills to do that and then had uh, long-term, carefully guarded sexual relationships with them, uh, more than one. Um. And How did this not come out when he was alive? I, I'm i thinking they get to that probably uh, later on in the documentary. 
during the big trial and everything in Santa Monica, where were they? Why weren't they saying anything? Because I don't know the answer to that. Well, the, the people that are featured in this testified at that trial. Well, they did, and didn't, and said that nothing happened. Mm. They 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 testify that now they're saying this is what actually happened. We we didn't understand. We were confused. We were still under the spell. You know, they have mm. reasons for why they didn't say it then. Well, you had the parents being kept in the dark, and the boys who were in love and understood that the man they loved. His life would be ruined if they said anything. Um, that was made very clear. You know, the it was the classic. There are a couple of different kinds of manipulation that child predators use, and in this case, it was the um, "you will kill me if you say anything," and it will ruin your life too. This is our sacred secret, and we must never God, tell. That's so terrible uh, it is. Um, as opposed kid. to you know threats and that sort of thing. Uh, the whole, you know, there it was, their chance to expose it, and they didn't or couldn't is incredibly troubling. I've never been in a situation anywhere near that. It's, it's, It seems crazy to, I'm sure a lot of people listening, they're like, well, you deny it? It's all out in the open there. You got the whole trial going on, and you would still lie about it? Well, that's what, that's what people do, I guess. He's dead now. What are we all hoping for out of this? recognizing what he was for some reason? I think so. So it doesn't happen again? I, I don't know. You know, I, I get that. It's It reminds me a little bit of, you know, when various people, let's not mention any names and get distracted, but that they're about to ascend to a very high office and an old alligator comes uh, around with an allegation. And people say, well, why'd you wait so long? You know, I get that. I get that math. It's going to turn your life insane if you go up against a really big public figure and you think, all right, I don't care that he's the undersecretary of, of the interior section on, you know, wood louses or whatever. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't care. But suddenly the guy's about to be like the vice president or something like that and really, really get power. And you think, OK, that's not happening. He's a monster and people need to know it. I just think I just think it's it's good. It's healthy to say. Yeah, yeah, he could sing and he could dance like like a ring and a bell, but he was a systematic uh, boy lover and abuser. And the, the the documentary is is it's very very good and very very responsible. It's not sensationalistic at all to the point that it's kind of slow. And once they get into the sexual abuse, I mean, it just it like goes on and on with descriptions of what would happen, how it would happen, where it would would happen, how he'd work up to it, what they would do, what what fluids were involved, and and then what would happen afterward, and the various alarms and warnings and locations and the rest of it. It's it was just too much. God, he got away with that for all that time. Yeah, well, that's incredible. He was really, really good at it. And had a lot of money. Well, and had a lot of money and a a magical presence. I mean, he was the biggest star on earth, for one thing, with an enormous appeal to kids. And then when they met him, and everybody said this, he, having raped their children, said he's honestly one of the kindest, most giving, gentle people I've ever met in my life. So he was... He wasn't, I guess, a wolf in sheep's clothing. No, he was a he was a sheep himself, but he raped children, which is why it's 
You can see how people fell for it because he was that needy and that childlike himself. But he had a 12-year-old's sexual curiosity and insatiability. And the way he would befriend these kids and they would travel with them and the rest of it. And he would inch by inch by inch get them closer to him and farther from his parents. And then Um, the parents were just so amazed that their kids hanging out with Michael Jackson. And they would say, they said, you know, that bothered us a little bit. And so we asked about it, and we got this excuse, and we thought, okay, that makes sense. But then a couple weeks later, it really started to bother us because our hotel room is even farther from theirs. And, and they'd give the same excuses, and we said, no, wait a minute there. And the, But then Michael himself or something would come and talk to them. And again, the guy was really, really good at what he was doing. But you came away and from I don't the, mean singing and dancing. But you came away from the movie with no doubts that he is a child rapist. Oh, Predator no. child rapist. None. Well, I mean, none more than my usual 2% of right. keep a toe in just to make sure I'm being logical about it. But, but yeah, that seems to be the way everybody's taking it. Will, yeah. they, will his music continue to be played? That's a good question. He's doing stuff in the R. Kelly category if he's raping children. That's Does a, his music get to stay on the radio? That's a really interesting question. In conversation? Sure. Text line 415-295-KFTC. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.